Welcome. Um, I have with me today Sandeep Ngangapare, our President and Chief Operating Officer, and um, to his right, Anusha Panduga, who's uh, Director of Delivery for one of our large life sciences organizations. And also, I understand you're a product owner for one of our GX accelerators. Um, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Great. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit about um, some of the new um, things that are going on in the life sciences industry today. I think the new technologies are more on the mobile and web applications. Then we have uh, 3D printing, drug printing uh, applications. We also have the uh, the robot robotic assisted surgeries mm -hmm. that are being done. And you know, advanced analytics again. You know, you have so much of data. How do we use that data for you know artificial intelligence and you know natural uh, language processing? And then the the new thing is also the augmented reality and the virtual reality and how that's been used to uh, helping the patients, helping in the surgeries. Uh, these are a couple of new. Uh, you know, technologies we've been seeing. You, you know, the augmented reality uh, aspect is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, what's happening is, um, what we are seeing is that uh, there's a lot of digital knowledge assets out there now, and a lot of digital solutions. Uh, but that stays, uh, you know, on the cloud, uh, and you have a patient on the operating table. How does all that information and solutions and knowledge impact what's happening in the physical world. So how do you marry that? How That's do you, right. How do you make That's it usable right. right now? And, and, and it's very interesting because a lot of augmented reality, virtual reality came from the video game space and it's very exciting. Oh, okay. But what we are seeing today is, uh, and there's a lot of uh, research done on this in Harvard uh, Business School, where they're saying that you have the digital world and you have the physical world and how do you bring these together? And visualization is one of the best ways of doing that. Augmented reality is one of the main ways that you can bring and visualize all that digital information in the context of the physical world. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing, especially when it's applied to the healthcare space uh, in surgery. Anusha mentioned um, you know, um, surgery where you are doing uh, different kinds of uh, solutions, whether it's 3D printing and the instruments or uh, uh, a part of your skull or what have you. Wow. Uh, but how uh, can you make all of that uh, aligned with when an actual surgery is happening or a medical procedure is happening? How are you using all of that? So that's good. To, to give a use case of what Sandeepan uh, kind of you know, mentioned on the surgery piece, right? These days you have these glasses. When you, ha when you have these bikers biking, they have all their data coming up. Now the same thing is kind of going through the surgeries too. So when a, a surgeon is operating on the patient, he needs to know the statistics and the data around those devices and all the data is visible to him while he's performing the surgery. That really helps him on getting the data right there when he's performing the surgery. I think that's... So is it, when you say it's visual to him, like is it is it like in a, in a panel? Is it on a TV? What does yeah, that look so, like? So the, uh, that's a very important question and a distinction. Um, 
the use of monitors or heads up display or uh, has been there for quite a while. So when somebody's doing surgery, they have a monitor where they have a close up of uh, where the actual uh, incision is taking place or where the suturing is happening. Okay. That has been in place for a long time. Um, cataract surgeries, I mean, 20, 25 years ago were televised and all that kind of stuff. But we are going beyond that. The distinction is between a heads-up display and what is called a see-through display. Oh. And in that kind of situation, Anusha mentioned, for example, glasses. I mean, whether it's Google Glass or anything else, uh, you're wearing a, a, a special glasses where uh, the actual data is superimposed on what you're seeing on the operating theater. And okay. there is work uh, happening um, uh, today uh, in, um, on the U.S. Uh, uh, side. Uh, you know, there's Stanford University, Duke, Johns Hopkins. Uh, there's a Maryland um, uh, you know, augment rea Augmented Reality Center that's working on how to superimpose all that information on the actual patient wow. as you're working. It sounds very Terminator-esque, right? If you remember the movie, that's what it seems like to me. It's yeah. a heads-up display, and it tells me how many, you know. Yeah. One of our clients acquired a company who is, you know, who has a software that, you know, documents the step-by-step -step of the surgery, you know, steps that, ha that needs to be performed on the surgery. Now, if you, and that's where you have an opportunity to really automate, standardize, and if the data is available in cloud, so this, the standard surgery can be made available across the board. So with the, so much of learning, you know, with that data, a robot can perform a same set of standard surgery on that's the the transition from where we are today. So, so that's not is that happening today, or is that we're we're moving it's towards moving that's towards where that. we are moving towards today. We have the data set. Now you have people that are working to get these data sets into an automated fashion, where a robot can perform a surgery. Now what happens today is a robot can cook food. Now we don't want to go into that line, but so that's use case is already done. This use case is coming. What is happening with robot-assisted surgery, therefore, is that if you have a combination of all these different things, which means you have um, augmented reality, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're able to uh, see through a patient and see what yeah. you're doing and the impact of that. You have robot assisted, so the actual incision may be happening with a machine. And then Anusha mentioned how uh, people are building these best practices of surgery. What are the step-by-step okay. things that people should do to obtain the best results? You combine those three things, you're really democratizing healthcare. That means if the best surgical procedure that's available in Helsinki will be available in Philippines. Anywhere. Okay. Anywhere in the world, um, because you are standardizing the best of what human beings mm -hmm. have figured out. And making right? it available yeah, to everybody. To everybody. At a very low cost and okay. in a very standardized way. Wow, that's exciting. That's that, actually, talk about like really improving humanity and taking us to the next level as a, you know, really important for our spe you know, species, really important yeah. for, for humanity. For, for our humanity. And the next aspect is, Anusha, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, uh, for nurses? I mean, it's not just for surgeons. Um, you know, augmented reality is also very impactful for, um, say, post-acute care uh, when a patient gets home. I think the 
the one topic that Sandeepan touched on is a virtual nurse assistant. Now, what we have been seeing or what we have been doing is how do you use this virtual nurse assistance to a patient? It's, it starts from, you know, once the patient is registered in a hospital, you know, there is data around the, the patient. And then once, especially we are use and this technology we are using on Alexa, where Alexa can be customized for the patient, understand, and Alexa can understand the data, behavior of that person, and then, and the post-acute care is you really send Alexa with the patient. Now, once you, you have- You send it, send it home? Send, send home okay. with the patient because Alexa already knows the data of the patient the Alexa already has the data of, you know, what kind of medication, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, procedures that were done. She already has that okay. data. And then now the now the idea is uh, how how can can maybe not can it's not can, but it's more on, um, you know, through Alexa, Alexa could be a virtual nurse collecting you know vitals collecting uh, diagnostic information oh. and also keep checking on the patient asking have you taken this medication based on your doctor's prescription you know you were prescribed to take xmg of medications have you taken it so it's not only pre post it's also collecting all the information it's more like a companionship and and what's happening is that companionship is important what we're realizing with alexa is that while uh, a patient is in an acute care facility, if you give them access to Alexa, they, over a period of time, they build a relationship. Because at the end of the day, a patient is lonely sitting in, uh, yeah, in, in, a, in, a, in a hospital, and Alexa becomes a friend, and 90% of what they're doing with Alexa is not inquiring about their medications or their dining menu or their activities or their procedures. They're actually saying, play me this music, what's going on around the world, what's the sports scores, what's the weather like, stuff like that. But through that, you build a relationship of trust. And when that Alexa moves home, that becomes very influential in terms of maintaining adherence. Mm maintaining, you know, making sure there are no gaps in care. And through that process, it's not just Alexa, but you could have an actual nurse that logs in through Alexa in a video conference, maybe once in two days, and checks with the patient's post-op. So how important is that continued adherence um, to the continuation of their life, of their, of their health care? It is incredibly important because the uh, hypothesis right now and our, as you know, uh, the GX Wave family of uh, automation has been applied for Alexa in some uh, well-known uh, mm -hmm. pilots right now uh, in the Midwest. And at this point of time, the success we are seeing, we are transposing that to a post-operative and a post-acute care scenario. We don't have the data yet, uh, but our hypothesis- That's how new it is, is we're, we're still oh, yeah, doing, we're still in proof of concept, that's exciting. But, uh, but what's happening, what we are seeing definitely, the hypothesis is that this will significantly lower readmission rates um, oh. by making sure that they continue to take the right medications. Uh, there's also newer technology uh, like video, there's a company called video that uh, is used by many healthcare companies, payers, providers, PBMs, to um, uh, communicate with the patients uh, over video. 
But that channel can allow additional information, and which I mentioned, vitals. So okay. things like video and Alexa can pipe vital in, vitals information through as well. So the EHR, the electronic health records, continue to get information about these patients, make sure that the patients okay. are doing the right thing, they're taking the right medications, and when is it the right time for them to see the doctor again? Because maybe something is going south. And that information on a day-to-day -day basis, if it's collected, then we can make sure that they have the right kind of mm. follow-up that they need, okay. uh, that is correct for them, specifically for their therapy, for their disease like a, state. A personalized it's a personalized system. It's an absolute personalized, personalized treatment. So uh, t two questions I have to uh, follow up to that. Um, one is how close are we or what steps do we need to take to, I heard you mention electronic health records. So can, are we able to use Alexa and video and those types of technologies to actually update the electronic health record? Is that is that a legal, you know, how does that work in healthcare? It, it, it is a legal challenge for sure, uh, but it is being done. Okay. Uh, people have worked through those problems. Uh, we are not the only ones, or our clients are not the only ones. Uh, our provider clients, uh, some of the most well-known in the United States, uh, they are doing it, but so have others okay. solved that problem. Uh, there are some HIPAA-level considerations that you have to design around, right, uh, sure. but solutions are absolutely out there. So it, once, you know, I'm assuming we're gonna, we're gonna push through that. This mm -hmm. is clearly the direction of the future. What, um, what does this mean for, because um, it sounds like what I'm hearing is collection of data. It sounds like a, a granularity of detail we haven't seen before on a more personalized level that how is that going to affect our ability to um, predict outcomes and potentially solve some, some problems that we haven't been able to solve before, such as cancers and those types we of things. We are already seeing that. I mean, you want to talk about memory game and dementia? And yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, you touched on a topic of collection of data. Now, now since the data is av available in abundance, and I think now we have, you know, NLPs, AI, machine learning to really understand this data, uh, and and to your point, give a really personalized uh, uh, medication. And that has been it has been solving a lot of, uh, you know, I think on the cancer stuff, it's been it's been done, and it's also predicting. Uh, before even they were diagnosed, since okay. you have the data. And these are something that FDA also have approved these technologies. These are the applications that are approved by FDA where they've collected the data even before it was diagnosed. They were said, they, they said that this person is 90% positive to get diagnosed with this okay. disease. So, so one, this data is used for early uh, like diagnosis. Yeah, it's more like preventative rather than, you know, you know, let's find a solution post-diagnosis. Okay. And then also the personalized stuff. You might not need uh, just a laundry list of medications, but at least personalized for the person. Wow. The, the thing about it is also, um, you know, it's uh, the FDA regime is changing. Mm. Um, when you think about personalized solutions, therapies, the traditional way of going through a new drug approval process is not going to work because yeah. these things are you know, made to order. Yeah. 
it's a little outdated. It's so the US FDA has uh, embarked on a program called the FDA Precert program. It's a pilot. Uh, one of our clients is uh, in that uh, initial pilot. Uh, we are assisting them in that program. And what's happening in that is that uh, there is a way by which uh, once the life sciences companies, processes, department, organization is um, in a way approved by the FDA for its processes and okay. you know how they're focused on the culture of quality, uh, then the actual uh, process of a certification and approval of a specific product or solution becomes faster. Now it's oh. a pilot, it's just starting off, but but down the road, it will certainly impact everything we are discussing, whether it's robot-assisted surgery or 3D printing or personalized medicine, 3D printed medicines, things like that. You will need that because you obviously uh, cannot go for a full approval process for everything that you are inventing every day. Well, it sounds like the picture of the life sciences and healthcare industry that you've painted is right now incredibly fluid, but exciting. <laughs> a couple words, but really you're going to be moving uh, rapidly forward. I feel like maybe in the last 10 or 15 years, we've had some small improvements and it sounds like over the next, would you say five to 10 years, yeah. it's going to look completely different. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for your time today. Um, is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't covered? There's a lot we covered, right? A lot of different topics. There's a lot of work going on and we do maintain um, a number of sources of information. So if anybody's interested in uh, learning more about some of the topics and concepts we talked about, at the end of the video, let's put a list of uh, resources and links uh, where people can read up and some of these are within our client base. And so if, you, if uh, the viewers have more questions, definitely reach out to us. We'll give you even more information, but a good place to start would be the references and links we'll have at the end of this video. Excellent, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you, thanks for having us. Mm -hmm.